so it's just nerve-wracking the whole process is just so nerve-wracking that's all i'm gonna say yeah yeah but you went through the same stuff walton so you know but, uh, yeah <sighs> we went we went through all this cut and it is stressful as fuck but um I don't know. I, I it's also energizing because it's like holy fuck, this is a massive purchase. But it's also like holy shit, I'm gonna have something that's like semi permanent to my name. You know, like you know the the permanence of land ownership and all that is uh, uh, ne- negotiable. I feel like in our range of politics, but. But it's energizing, Brad, to be able to say, like, I have a place where I can go to no matter what, and nobody can tell me shit about it. See, that's um, it's like personal sovereignty. <laughs> like, if there's such a thing, it's just uh, like... That is exactly it, It's man. just like... Because no. yeah. landlords... It really just, is the closest we get to, to, to like, like, per, like personal sovereignty. Sorry, landlords... Yeah, because just, they just... Okay, the rent is now going up. Exactly. By, by, by 20%. Because the area is getting like all it takes is for like uh, a new head office to move in the area and who's giving people good salaries. And then everyone's, you know, we've seen this happen over and over again. And then now you're like, yo, I'm a light is in this school. I must pull my light out. Now you're trying to look for mm-hmm. a space in the same area and now nothing's fitting your budget. You go back to work, you ask for an increase, you get gapped. Hey, sorry. And it's just mm-hmm. like, yo, where are we going to now? Like, you know, it's just that hop around thing. Like, if you have a permanent job and, and like, you pretty much know that you can cover rent, I mean, cover a bond um, as long as you don't mess up your job, or, <laughs> you know, then I think it's a wise, it's a, it's a, it's, it's I'm also, also very uneasy with like, being a, la- a landlord to the sense of like, okay, I'm going to buy two properties, three properties, and I'm just going to rent it. I'm going to max out the rent. Like um, mm. that's not something I, I don't, it doesn't come naturally to me. Um, and it's something I have a, I can't, I won't sit, it doesn't sit well with me, but having that peace of mind of just, okay, this is, I'm a piece of me is here. I, this is where I am. That is something that that I, I like. I I I find that it's like okay, that's something for yeah. us from a family and yeah. Yeah, and I, you know I, I I but also like just thinking about what you said earlier, Lee, about how you know there's that fear of like you have to keep your job, you have to. Um, maintain like a steady stable income all of these things i feel like i feel like this is a, a one of those massive inhibitors of people like being able to get out of cycles of poverty because like work isn't permanent anymore like people those days are gone you don't work 40 years for a company and retire with that company and all of that stuff. Like, that's not the reality of the world that we live in anymore. And I, I feel like, I don't know, this is why I feel like the, the way things are structured, the way, you know, like how land ownership is, is structured in, in South Africa, but I guess most places in the world, 
just doesn't make sense. It just you know, not, it makes it yeah. makes sense for like the nineteen twenties or something like that, where you could you know where or like or even up until the end of the first world war, possibly. I mean, the end of the second world war, possibly, like where people were still um, where they were still kind of jobs, manufacturing, all of these things going on. Um, but stuff is just so different. And like you could like work in a be... factory, you could work in a factory as a foreman or even just, and buy an apartment. Yeah. <laughs> you could, and you could work in that factory like your whole life and your sons would come in and your daughters and you'd work in the factory. Now you need such yeah. a high paying, steady job to even get into the job, mo- I mean, the, the property market. Um, yeah. And in, in Europe, like uh, my Irish colleague was telling me, it's so messed up because you need 30,000 euros deposit. That's why, like, you need 30,000 to buy. But now, that's why, and rent is more expensive than bond repayment. You were saying you, you was paying like 800 euros on rent, but the same property, if you had to buy it, it would have been uh, like 550. The bond would have been 550, but it's that, it's that barrier to entry that's keep like why yeah. why why can't you why can't you just buy it because i'm paying rent why why i don't have I, they're not saving for that 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 lump sum so a lot of the people now the professionals or the young professionals moving back in with their parents helping out just a little bit saving that 30000 euro and then, yeah. and then because but uh I just remember. I just remembered two. Sorry, I didn't go. go no, no, you go ahead. No, I just, I just remembered two things. One, in Boston, there's like massive fights between tenants and landlords going on now because landlords have increased. Like during the COVID period, they've increased their rent for like 10, 15 percent, and people just can't afford it, so people are being evicted. So there's like. You know, daily court uh, battles between multiple tenants, multiple landlords going on. There was supposed to be like a rent freeze, uh, mm, and but, then the, but then the Republicans collapsed the rent freeze, and so the landlords could, you know, uh, do what they wanted to do. The other thing that I remember, just remembered, is that there's a company like the biggest. A company that advertises online for apartment and house sales and rentals. It's called Zillow.com. They also own a ton of properties. And this, I saw a video uh, uh, on TikTok, actually, this guy who's a real estate uh, agent. He's saying that uh, Zillow, this company, is busy dumping all their properties they're busy selling all of their properties. And, he's, and he says, so they, they, they're framing it as a, a restructuring of the, of the business model. But he, his speculation is that the, the housing market is about to crash. And so they're cashing out while they still can. And then they're going to, when, when it crashes, they're going to buy back a ton of houses at low, super low prices. And then they're going to sell it at the exorbitant prices again. So they like, you know, playing the market. Brad, this, this, whole, lives, this whole like a real estate game, it, it's a game, first of all. But this whole real estate like thing is just 
You know what always fascinated me? How how are properties valuated? Like how? Like, <laughs> you, it's like saying how is art valuated? But that's Guys. the thing. That's the thing. So like in Australia, there's a property bubble that's about to burst because the real estate agents and the banks that was found out. I'm, I'm, you must, okay. You must, I don't know. I'm just talking out of my head here now. Um, but the real estate agents and the banks were kind of in cahoots to inflate prices of properties oh, in areas. The bank, the, the real estate agents say, Oh, this is so much. And the bank would be like, yes, yeah, is so much. But the, at the end of the day, the, the, the person who buys it or the bank buys it for gets screwed. Because obviously the higher the amount, the more money, the a bank's business is to loan money. You know, that's, that's their game. That's how they make money. They loan money. And when you pay it back, you pay back that money plus interest. But here's the kicker guys. I found this out and I felt like it was a secret. <laughs> and this makes me feel like money is a conspiracy. You, it is. Oh, okay. Anyway, go on. <laughs> you so I went down this rabbit hole of why do these, how do these billionaires not pay tax? Okay. And that's because they don't earn a salary, right? They don't pay like te Tesla doesn't, yeah. he doesn't, Elon Musk doesn't get a salary, yeah. a personal salary, right? He doesn't get on the books. Therefore he's not taxed. I don't work. Like, I mean, I work, but I don't get paid. But now Being I'm thinking, shares. no, no, he owns shares. Your own shares, right? But now I want toothpaste. I want chips. Well, how do I buy these things? Right? Day to day. Because he's a person. <laughs> like, <laughs> I want pizza. Like, who buys that? And this is what I found out. They take loans from the bank. Now, a loan, when you take a loan for 100K, it comes into your account. It's an income, but it's not taxable. No one pays tax on a loan, no matter what the amount is. When you take a loan from the bank, wow. right? It comes in your account. You don't pay SARS anything because yeah. that is the nature of the bank. It's to make up money. It's, 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 a, it's a fictitious thing. I'm going to give you something fake. You don't pay tax on it. But what you give me is that same money, that fake money back plus more. So I've made money. Yeah. What they do is they take loans from the bank with their shares as surety. So it's like, I own how many amounts of uh, shares in Tesla? That is the surety. If I can't pay back this loan, you can take some of the shares. And the banks love that because it's worth a lot. So they'll give the bra whatever. So he's rolling around with money that is not taxable. He's buying his cars, he's buying whatever he wants to buy with it. But now I'm thinking about how does that loan repayment happen? And that happens through the company. The company pays the loan. <laughs> oh, bro, I was like, you sneaky but, uh, mother. What? So you, you're working with money. You, you're rolling around with money that's not yours. It's just a, a, a digital thing, button that gets pressed and it's in your account. You don't pay tax on it because you don't pay taxes on loans. Oh, my God. And then, but if you die... In the UK, if your parents die and you inherit money, you get inheritance tax. Yeah. My, co my colleague's parents had to sign. They retired, but they signed over the house to the kids. They sold it for something stupid like 100 pounds. 
but because if they died and they inherited the money, the, the house, they are taxed on the on the market value of the house. They seen it as an income, and I'm just like, what is that? <laughs> you know, I, 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 I honestly, Lee, I think it's right that people get taxed for inheritance in South Africa. You also you also get taxed uh, from a certain amount upwards. So from like I don't know what the amount is, like three million oh, okay. Okay. rand or or something like that, and and up. But I feel like if you, I feel like if people are inheriting mad yeah, things, yeah. and, I, and I'm, to, I'm not talking about like poor people inheriting, yeah. you know, a piece, a small piece of land or a small house. I'm talking about like, you know, these multi-millionaires who are living. Yeah, like got it. Got it. I'm with you on seven, that. Seven, eight, nine houses and a property yeah. in Kensway and some shit, you know. They must pay. They, <laughs> I don't give yeah. a fuck about it. The sins but, of your father. But like, but like your, but like your colleague, for instance. Yeah, his yeah, father was a postal. Post, Worked for the postal service. He drove the post. Po, uh, you see, like truck, why? But, I yeah. feel like why would you wanna? Why would you wanna like, especially state workers? You know, postal yeah. workers. Or but that made me mad, bro. Because I was like, how do you buy food? And then I realized I went. I was researching and figuring this out. I'm like you. You every time you just take a loan, you tell okay, I got. The other 16. thing is though. Yeah. The other thing is though, like with the shares, for example, it's only when one disposes of them, like when one sells them and makes a profit, yes. to pay tax on them, right? So you can yeah. hold those shares. Hold it. I don't know. Yeah. For as long as you can. I mean, here's the thing about Bitcoin as well. A lot of these Bitcoin billionaires are Bitcoin billionaires, but they're still holding on to the. They haven't disposed of. They haven't sold those bitcoins and realized that that's actual what it's called. Value. Yeah, it's just Bitcoin yeah. billionaires. Yeah, it's, it's Bitcoin billionaires. Dollar, it's not dollar. actual cash money. Like, no. it's, yeah, it's all value. It's a lot of value. But and it's not I think in South Africa money. now, it's uh, altcoins or cryptocurrency is taxable. Um, once you, once you cash it out or transfer it, but yeah, man, it's just like so you're running around just taking loans from the bank. You're not even paying it back. The company's paying it on your behalf. And you just so here's the other thing that's crazy about that, Lee, is that uh, there's this documentary on Netflix. I'm gonna find the name for you guys, but basically, it's about the 2008 housing crisis and how the Finland. banks and the rating agencies Iceland. like work together. No, it's not Iceland, it's the no. US. Everything's the always US. the US, bro. <laughs> when I talk about crisis, that's I'm always that massive to one. That mass, oh, that okay, okay, okay. One. yeah, that one that basically, yeah, insider um, trading, but what. What was happening is that the rating agencies and the banks were working together. So, and these like investment companies were packaging these like property real estate kind of, you buy a share in a property, what's it, a real estate investment trust, I think it's called or something like that. Anyway, don't know the, the detail, all these fancy language, but point of the matter is that someone buys a share in like shares in the equivalent of a property market kind of setup and then the bank packages that and sells that to uh to the investment companies who yeah. then sell it to the investors basically yeah. um but those property things are speculated upon and like the the value of them is uh, raised by the rating agencies so the rating agencies go ahead and say no it's good and eventually the speculation eventually inflated the property market to such an extent that the bubble just burst. And the thing about these things that's crazy is that 
a bank is too big to fail. Yep. Who guarantees the bank, the state? Always bailed yeah. out. Always, always bailed out. Show the, me a the, bank the in South Africa that went down. Capitec, Steinhoff, not even, bruh. No, we made a 400 <laughs> billion calculation error. Folk, Volksbank. <laughs> yeah, no, bruh. Volkskas, bruh. Volkskas, Volkskas, Volkskas. Sambo, Sambo. Sambo, maybe. <laughs> like, but I mean, uh, yeah, it's crazy, the state guys. guarantees it crazy here's the other but thing this, also though sorry sorry i just want to quickly go back to the to the buying a property thing the other thing that people like the, the debate between renting and buying and so on and so forth like if you if you're renting for a certain amount then you can definitely pay off a house or you know like why would you pay someone else's bond like all those kinds of arguments until you actually sit down and you work out the cost of owning a property like insurance, the amount needed yeah. to put down for a deposit, the rates right. and taxes, the transfer, bond transfer tran- cost. Transfer cost. Like you can save up for a deposit and then realize half of that is going to the bond and transfer. But and that's like, why oh you buy but, off plan. So like how we did, it was, it was just new and there was there was no owner before so there was no trans- so you don't pay no. transfer duty yeah. yeah i also asked my sister though like what is this how do they calculate it she's like it's just it's Based just on part the value of, it's, yeah. it's just the practice the practice of um, i forgot the legal term or transfer conveyance yeah i think I, I feel like i feel like lee you said it you know jokingly that money's a scam but really bruh, all of this is like so much of this is invented as they go along, right? Like I was watching a this this, and I'll I'll circle back to property, but I was watching this uh, docu series on um, Netflix called Bad Sport, and it's basically about like uh, kind of scandals in sport and stuff like that. This bra in this gambler, big money gambler, like millions of dollars, was gambling on college basketball. He looped in a young black brother who had nothing, told him, I'm gonna give you 20K, you shave points off the game, you win, you win by a certain margin or lose by a certain margin. And, and of course, that first of all, NCAA athletes don't don't get anything, right? They don't get endorsements, they don't get a salary that nothing they don't uh they their fees sponsorship their nothing, paid, yeah. basically nothing for call so of course this bra is already hungry has very little so he says yeah i'm gonna take this what this gambler then does is he takes his i don't know million dollars two million dollars he goes to like 40 50 different casinos in vegas because he knows that he can't bet it, bet it all in, in one place. Mm. He goes and he drops him and some other people, his father and his father's friends, go and drop money at multiple casinos. But because they're betting very one-sidedly, that changes the nature of the odds and the nature of the payout. And I feel like this is exactly what like financial speculation is. It's just guesswork and like adjusting the margins like all the time just 
just like okay so okay so like there's a brand crude oil spill in in the caribbean what like how is that possibly gonna affect the you know the transit of i don't know plastics from or seafood supply like seafood supply or whatever the case may be how is that gonna cause social unrest all of these things it's there's so much speculation and i feel like so much of the speculation doesn't doesn't directly negatively affect you know people who earn good amounts of money and who already have properties and who already have like a good uh, uh, load of assets it affects people who have to shop you know on lay by who have to shop or like shop, right? for your example in your example, the people pay their loans, pay their yeah, loans, loans. stuff like that. In your example, the people shit. who would potentially work at the fisheries are packing fish and they like, check here, guys, there's not enough fish coming in because of the oil spill. We have to lay off some people. Uh-huh. Now, they, now they can't pay rent. Now they like it snowballs. Whereas the, yeah. the, the owner of the fisheries or just like, oh, you know, we'll be fine. <laughs> type of thing we'll, yeah. we'll just we'll wait this out you know it was we all took a knock you know uh, my bonuses went down this year but are you still got a bonus but uh <laughs> yeah but that's but that's like i mean we need to make a distinction here between small businesses and like much larger businesses where i think lean, the precarity like of that thing I, is I like, and J or like yeah no, yes. that's, that's I think it means like a like a multinational yeah yes. small businesses operate on very tight margins yes and yeah. so like you know like like if someone if a small business owner decides like if a if a guy who owns a fish shop like that what's that place in Krafentein marinas if yeah. that if that you know like yeah. he's employing like five people yeah yeah like, yeah he's a small guy he's not gonna close he's not gonna close like just because he's, if he closes it's because like okay like they like i really like this business is going to fail if I continue and then we're all going to basically, do you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel, yeah, I feel like small businesses are always in a more precarious position than your larger kind of business. They can absorb the, they can absorb the impact. And oftentimes like that's why in the economy, when there's like, look at unemployment now, that unemployment figure is partly like big, big businesses like retrenching people. But it's also small businesses failing, bruh. Like small Dude. businesses realize, realizing that like, uh, guys, it's like, looking nothing, bad, bruh. You know? It's looking, it's looking bruh, bad. It went up, it went up half a percent in one quarter or something yes. like that. Yes, that second is, quarter. That's Dude, bruh. that is ridiculous numbers, bruh. And, and I, going, I haven't go- seen like the stats for like, you know, age, but I'm willing to bet that it's going to be like young people that bear the oh, brunt nice. of that, uh, uh, half a percent and going into the second part of this uh, whole conversation which is Wilton wanted to talk about the new variant and South Africa and the world's response to it I can almost my fear is that if that was the if that was the stats for the second quarter before all this news came out but, uh, I'm nervous for for people at home for this year like it's just yeah. it's 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 people are just kind of recovering not even dude and now this thing hits yeah and, um, and the tourism industry it's done like this was the time 
for restaurants and bars and like and the the people driving those industries are people on the on the ground waiters the barmen like sound techs like people who are who are literally paying rent they living week to week like it's not it's not these big corporations the hilton holiday in marriott like they they will be fine but yeah. like once I, like as i didn't said it's that. like the the retrench the, the the retrench the retrenching the retrenchment the retain <laughs> that happens <laughs> that happens that happens in those big in those big uh, uh businesses where they need to cut the fat and be like sorry you know um yeah. and it's the people on the ground the cleaning staff the security the these people yes. that kind of get get sacrificed and um yeah that's a mess up bro. what you're saying aiden there's a there's a thing there's a rumor no there's a rumor going around that uh, interprovincial travel will be closed tomorrow Um, and so like i know of people who work at travel agencies who are panicking because they're like basically this means that you know could be possible retrenchments because of that um and like yo i don't envy the person who has to make these kinds of decisions like i don't envy being in that position because it's such a i don't know i think partly like there's so much um like the media representation of this variant is so how can i put it? it's xenophobic obviously um it's violently racist and it's also like incorrect like yeah. the science is has not yet decided how bad this thing is right now the data is showing that mm. it's not causing severe illness just yet it's not yeah. causing death the same like we had in previous waves um granted there are a lot of reinfections happening through vaccinated people but i i can joke about so 80% yeah. of the 80% of the uh, people in hospitals right now are unvaccinated so yeah um, yeah and the media is just like yeah so these bbc reports that were basically like the southern african variant you know Dude. it's so Dude, bad the uk has a problem yeah yeah, yeah in the states but uh, you, uh, the the news isn't like then you know, there's a variant like we learned about it from south africa it the news is the southern african the southern african variant the S- southern african omicron uh like that's the language that that's being applied here um and i don't know it's just remember when this when when the first concerning but uh, it reminds sorry, me of this irrational panic when all the toilet paper went missing <laughs> Yo. like how did people there's a I remember there's, that shit, no i saw like people are fighting over toilet paper there's the first thing you get is where am i how am i going to wipe my bum <laughs> like yeah <laughs> that is your logic it's like it reminds me of the, like there's a new variant <laughs> right there's a new variant okay let's shut down everything there's going to be many more like there's going to be many more and that's the thing about it, 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 it the more the more time it gets to play on the field through unvaccination the more chances it's going to get to alter itself yeah so the, the problem like and and also the first world of the west i would say is also a, they play a huge part if they want to call it the southern african variant 
Okay, cool. We'll own that. But then you need to own hoarding vaccines. Because yeah. that's what you did. When everyone was saying, the UN the, was saying... So the, yeah. So, so the thing isn't... So the, it's like, it's a twofold thing that happened. It's one, it's the hoarding of the vaccines. But two, it's the... Um, like publicizing of misinformation yes. that has led to the public feeling like, well, you know, there, there wasn't a good public campaign for why vaccines make sense, why, I, I'm not talking about South Africa. I think South Africa did a great job of like really pushing for vaccinations, but I think like- Yeah, but there's the still so many people. I feel like, I feel like sensationalized media globally and and everybody sees this media uh, really push this kind of like narrative of, I don't know, they, they really just entertain the sensational news. And I think like the, the dual layer of, of that, like the hoarding plus the media coverage really has pushed so many South Africans to to be skeptical of getting the vaccine, to like resist getting the vaccine. And I feel like we have to, Aiden said this like months ago already, but I, I'm impatient with people. I want people to get the vaccine, but I also know that I have to like question why people are taking this position that they're taking. Mm, uh, and, and, and like, and like, so, and like, so they're taking this position. What can I do to like sway people or like provide information that might be useful um, in in getting people healthy? The other thing is also just on Omicron, the Omicron variant. All data is showing that it's less severe, but that also means that people are psychologically taking it a little less seriously because they're not fevering they're not you know mm. they're not losing sense uh, of smell and taste immediately and stuff like that and so they're still circulating yeah uh socially and i think that you know i, I i'm i'm worried about that part of of the whole thing that the social aspect of, of this disease of this virus is um gonna have us locked in for another couple of years that's my feeling i i you know i listen i've been listening no. to some ep epidemiologists uh and you know public health experts here at brown but also uh back at uwc and just like trying to get a sense of what people's thoughts are and they it seems like you know we're gonna be locked into this thing for a couple of years at least and and, and my fear is that because this variant seems a little less violent to your body, people are still socializing, especially now that it's Christmas and but it's and the worst time of the year to have this thing it out. It's the worst time of the, the year. The worst That's what time. people were saying. People were saying, yeah, it came last year also at this time. Just press. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, but the other thing also that's fascinating that I've heard, I've seen the reported Walton about um, this Omicron thing is that apparently towards the end of the Spanish flu, there was also a a less deadly form of the virus that started circulating before the end of the pandemic. Um, mm. And so some people are saying that this is like a good sign. It means that the mm. virus is not necessarily causing severe. In other words, it's going to become like the, the common flu, basically. It's circulating very fast and very everywhere, but it doesn't harm you as much um, because we've developed antibodies and stuff. And the other thing about South Africa is that they say over, over 80% of the population has had COVID, they estimate. Jeez, uh, or not. That's yeah. a heavy number. So yeah. So I mean, that means that the entire country has some sort of prior infection. And I think the numbers are sitting now at 40% or something that of the country that's vaccinated. Um obviously that's not me being optimistic. That's me just stating the facts because I'm still very pessimistic about the future and what this means. Um, but yeah, yeah, I just think, yeah, man, you are this thing can end now, really, guys. I'm so for real. Yeah. For real. I just I just hate the fucking I hate the racism, bruh. I hate the racism, I hate the colonial fucking bullshit thinking. I hate that uh uh Desiree was telling me yesterday that uh they in the Caribbean region, um so one island shared with I think it was Saint Vin- Saint uh, Saint Vincent shared vaccines that they had gotten from this a group called I call, I'll, I'll try and I'll link Covax. it in the, in the chat or something yes yes Covax. they they gave their access to Trinidad and Tobago Covax came and said well we didn't give you permission to do that now you must pay us $70,000 like f- what the fuck bro? <laughs> like what like like what is the fucking logic is excess that stuff isn't gonna make the trip back to wherever the plant or the factory or whatever this is the thinking the like we don't understand that if we're not none of us are safe until all of us are safe because right, globalization in the spanish flu days there wasn't aeroplanes traveling 67 times a day <laughs> There wasn't people going for meetings from Japan to London. There wasn't this amount of travel happening. So the word pandemic, we've had it too good for too long. Sorry, like we've had it too fucking good for centuries. I mean, well, for decades when it comes to viruses and stuff like that, right? We don't know this. And in a world where we get, we can solve everything instantly, this is one thing that's going to require more than technology. The technology is there. The, the vaccines are there. The science is yeah. there. It's us. That is just like, I want to go to the salon because how can I have my hair like this? It's like, we've had it too good, but there's also this idea of the UK is fine. So many are, we've on our, on our booster shot, we'll be fine. Like, do you understand how your country works? Do you understand who your country is made up of? The, di- the diaspora that travel through different holiday periods. Like, I don't understand how people, it's this thing of, 
well, I'm in charge of this country. I'm not in charge of a different country. So I'm just going to take care of us. And yeah. that is the thing that's nailing us globally at the moment is this every man see for themselves and like but but this is the nature of what you know this is the nature of capitalism first of all and this is the desire of capitalism and and like the the neoliberal you know sentiment which is first of all every 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 nation state for itself and then every you know every man yeah. for themselves so, yeah. and they don't give a fuck but i can't I'm, I'm like, I'm scratching my head looking at, at bl- really blatant racism and blatant colonial thinking in what is seemingly mainstream newspaper articles, you know, no, just like yeah. to- talking about, talking about Africa, like this, you know, deep dark continent that's, uh, you know, bereft of any knowledge and, and awareness we see we saw a a official document from the canadian government saying that we that they will not take anybody who got vaccinated in a third world country because it's a third world vaccination what the fuck okay. maybe so you know what we need to do what now in okay. the, what like like this is a government this isn't a, a some person okay random you know off off the edge kind of shit this is is a government mandate we are not gonna take anybody into our country from these countries they got the same vaccine because they got a third world vaccination what the fuck are you talking about it's the same vaccination the thing is this it's like oh no you must use the tap outside you can't use the inside tap the thing is this now with this yeah. development of Aspen part- partnering with this massive uh, pharmaceutical production company, they're going to make the tablets in South Africa, the anti-retroviral COVID tab. I don't know if you've seen this news. It's big now. Um, oh. You know Aspen? It's like a, it's a big... Mm. South they found out how they can make... You know the anti-retroviral um, tablets for HIV AIDS? Similar, mm. similar kind of makeup but for COVID and they've mapped enough of the genome to predict the next couple of sequence. They've sequenced enough of the genome to cover the next couple of variants. And it it can be taken orally. Like once this is all done, if we get that right, we then African countries get it first. (laughs) Like we need to start looking after our own brothers. It's like, but, Bruh, but you know we locked into so many fucking I know I, I, that was gonna be my next you know. my next because of the sanctions and then you're gonna be like okay so you know then there's like okay if you're gonna if we're gonna buy this from you if you're gonna they're gonna stop us um time for trade negotiations again and then it's, it's just it's just like yeah. you're never gonna try and get ahead like I mean there's always this economic this capitalistic power that they're not afraid to pull that card out it can be all like, oh, we'll help out, don't worry. But when it comes down to the core, the core values of countries, we're seeing it on display openly now, brazenly yeah. displayed. No, no, no shame. And look how they group the countries, bruh. Like it's from Botswana, right? But then some the whole Southern Africa, they're all the same. <laughs> like yeah. I throw Zimbabwe in there too. Like throw Malawi in there yeah, too. You too, because it's all like, the same. It's you, you guys must. Oh. 
They all, you all, you, I, you all look the same. You guys all look the same. Yo, but look how, but look how small, guys but, look, but look how small. Wait, I just want to say, you this. guys look, all drink, yeah. Look how small European countries are, right? Look how these people that live in Germany but work in Italy, right? There's people like, but no one um, lumps them all together in this one thing. No one's blocking. Um, um, the whole European Union. Yeah, I don't see I don't see European <laughs> countries blocking each other or from traveling. But it's so small, right? Like Austria. Okay, can Austrians fly anywhere? Yes. Like no one. Like, but it's it's messed up. So obviously, this like when you look at it in that angle, like none of this actually makes sense, and that's why it never made sense. Canada leaders. They're not ashamed of saying that. No one's ashamed of saying it because they're saying what I they know. feel. That's like, what, what did we say? It's true. I feel, I, I, I feel like, I honestly, like, I feel, you know, Amy Cesaro discourse on colonialism in the middle of the 20th century. I feel like this is an instance where, you know, like white supremacy has always shown itself. And it's, and it's always like, it's always followed up from itself and on itself. And it, it's not a benign presence. Like it, it, like it, it shows up as, as diplomacy or as like debt cycles, as uh, trade agreements and all of these things. Um, and so it's easy to look past it, but I am, I am so tired of the and the new cycle also just makes everything so much worse <laughs> no I'm just uh, it's a lot bruh. it's a lot because it's, it reminds me like in a microcosm it's like you bras with a, a bra at school and everything's tight and you're all friendly and it's you know hey Lee here's a sandwich I know you guys are hustling and all that but as soon as shit it's the fan Nah, bruh. They say, hey, you're not my people. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's like, it's like, hey, no, uh, I'm not with him. I don't know. That type of thing. It's, it's, it's kind of like that. It, it, it's at the precipice and in, 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 in difficult situations, people and nation, their true, their true selves and their true values show. Um, yeah. And I African countries have done nothing but try to help each other, bruh. Bruh. And Car 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 Caribbean, as you say, like, yeah, have some yeah. of that and get punished for it. South Africa, hey guys, it. here's something. I think you should look at this. Okay. Punishment. All of punishment, bruh. You report a robbery, you report a robbery, and you get locked up. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. That's basically what happened. Exactly. Exactly. He's a suspicious right. black male. Okay, come with us, Mr. Oh, Shirika. No, not me. Not oh. me, bruh. Uh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I just know how to. Ma I, I make light of things that are. Bruh, I, I, I just feel like I'm at the point now where I am thinking about. So one of my, I, I have to do field exams to go to the next phase of my um, PhD, basically. What's, that? What's field exams? Uh, so, field exams so, 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 field, so, field ex 
field exams or preliminary examinations is basically you choose a field, right? You like, so I have to choose three fields. My, my three fields are decolonization and public health, um, pan-Africanism and the revolution and, and like black feminism and the, and the rural space, right? So those are my, my focus areas for my three exams. I have to read 60 plus books for each. I have to set a three day exam for each and I have to write a paper for each basically uh, in, in those three days. Um, but in this public health and decolonization uh, prelim exam, field exam that I'm busy reading for, but uh, it's just, I'm, I'm learning now how th things like um, agreements with the UN, um, uh, uh, like at the, towards the end of colonization in, cert in certain countries, um, ag agreements with, with NGOs have really crippled public health systems, uh, local public health systems, um, and it's disconcerting to watch really astute professionals like at UWC is public health, for instance. Uh, UCT also has a good uh, public health um, um, center. Like these people are literal experts and I feel like we should be yeah. paying attention to what they are saying, but also we should be paying, I feel like we should be paying attention to what they are saying in relation to what um, you know, people in agrarian studies is saying, and like interdisciplinary, um, like like, type like, of... the, like the kind of public <laughs> humanities and stuff like that, because public health isn't just a matter of medicine; it's a matter of social life. And so, like, to, if we are going to like seriously think about how how is our country and our region and our continent and our diasporas because I feel like our diasporas we need to start thinking about you we need to think start thinking about the black diasporas in relation to the continent how are we going to like move towards a healthier social but also medi medical space and I feel like this Omicron the Delta variant, all of it is really exposing the world's anti-blackness in, 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 in a lot of ways. So I don't know, but uh, anyway, I feel like I'm fucking speeching today. Go, Aiden, you want to say something? I just wanted to say, I think like we can't expect humane actions from an inhumane system. Yeah. Like yeah i just think that that's my yeah. that's my pessimistic thought for the day no i, you I, I I'm, think I'm you're right you. no i think you're right bro. honestly Aiden, i think you're right sorry go on it's, no that's that's me that's me saying that these things are institutional and then like, the, i think and, i think as i say sorry, and then you it. get these 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 blossoms of humanity within the system like walton was saying with the caribbean countries trying to share and then what happens? 
the system does what the system was designed to do was to be inhumane and say don't give that person medicine don't give that country so, vaccine so punitive not, not only so don't punitive. do it but i'm gonna fine you for that now you must pay mm. it back we don't have money <laughs> like, like, so the the system is doing what it was designed to do it's not that it's broken it's doing exactly what it, the, the status quo of Africa needs to be maintained, whether it's psychologically, medically, um, and through, through commerce and trade. There's this thing of you are expendable. We can ban you guys from traveling and we will not blink. We will sleep fine. We will not be hurt economically, whether you can travel or do business or not. That is the thing. And like, it further, it, it, I would go so far as to say it, it will further uh, it, it form a regression of the African country's economy, and then have to rely on them on the on the on the on the powers that be once again is to keep you there. Bra, you bra, know what I mean? Like it's bra, like we don't have to look far for examples of this league, like historic examples. If you think about Haiti, right? Haiti, yeah, ha I was about ha to say Haiti, that. Haiti, like, you know, revolution, revolution. Tessayin, um, you know, all of them crazy, right? Then France comes in and, and basically the world finds Haiti and says, you have to pay France because you took away France's slaves. Haiti is still locked into that debt today, bruh. Like, like hundreds of millions of francs, they still locked into that. Yeah, because it makes sense to take to find someone but, taking something that like doesn't belong yeah. to them in the first place. But so, like the West through the U.S. and the CIA, but also through the through the UN security forces uh, stage, you know, coups stage, uh, political upheavals. Uh, don't allow democratic processes, don't allow pe the, the Haitian people to, to make these choices for themselves, uh, destabilize the country so that they can ma maintain control of that region. Uh, there's the cholera outbreak, then the UN suddenly sends in their, their forces. They don't send in medical, well, they send in a few medical forces, they but they actually send in more military forces after that, at that point. But uh, the, the, the precedent is there. The precedent is there for, for exactly what you're saying. And, you know, without that precedent, it might sound like a conspiracy theory or it might sound like a, a, like a, a far-fetched idea that the West is intervening at this level, but it's there. It's, you know, it's, the I see it. In, I, in, in, I, South, in South Africa, in, in Mozambique, you know, I see it, it's yeah. there. I'm starting to see traces of that pop up in the type of techno-liberal circles with regards to green energy and all of this. And I'm like India and and uh, yeah, I have a it's a love hate because the West has profited off coal and fossil fuels for centuries, right? To get to a point where they can switch to renewable overnight. Now they're demanding that India, China's moving at a pace silently quiet. No one talks to them. They just do their own thing. 
places but, like uh, you guys must read that article that i sent you about china and like locking parts of the continent into a, a new death cycle but go on didn't i take away gone uh someone's airport no <laughs> they took away Ghana's anyway Uganda, so like you get they took away you oh my god you know no 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 we must not we're not spreading fake news here the the, the Ugandan yeah. government sent out a, a tweet that said important notice it said our airport has not been captured by the Chinese so it's not okay. been captured okay please okay. don't spread fake news so back to okay. that it's like th- number one you want all your production to happen in Malaysia Indonesia, Bangladesh, India, and these countries, right? Brazil, you want all your meat to, and your farms and your grain to come from there. Now you are showing off your, your solar energy, your renewable energy. But remember the story of African dustbin, right? I don't know if you guys read that to any kids in school. I don't know if you were. If you did. No. It's like... <laughs> they so so india is like no we will carry on using this and we'll try and sort out our own problem like you guys have it's like we've come away from that so you guys need to do it as well but if they had to then you produce your own tech your your own factories like make everything in in the in the in europe make everything in the states produce it yourself and then see what it costs you so it's like this trying to take the stance of 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 um how can I say? It's time to take like a a, um, a holier than thou stance when it comes to these things, like oh, save the planet, save this. But you're not helping because give us the stuff, then give it, give us so like share the technology. Yeah. Don't sell it. We're making the stuff for you, so give it to us. But well, a, lo- a large part of the problem in in that in that regard that you're talking about, Lee, is something that that Vijay Prashad points out. I think Aiden shared a video with us. Oh yes, 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 uh, yes. Love and, it. Bro. And you know, basically, basically, the, the 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 idea is that the U.S. is shitting on China for be for having uh, high carbon emissions, but it's the U.S. that has outsourced all of its <laughs> capital, like capitalist production, to China in order to feed its own, you yeah, know, sick yeah. machine. Now, now, I'm not absolving, you know, yeah, that's China, what I'm like saying. Chinese action and, and all of that stuff. But it's exactly what you're saying. It's this holier than thou, like, oh, we, you know, we're not doing all of that. And I don't know, bruh. It's just, I'm, I'm frustrated. I, I, and honestly, this is why I feel like our, our work around, you know, wanting to get a piece of land, thinking about like cooperative ownership mo- models, or, or all of these things. I feel like even though it's a it's a it's a big powerful dream, I, it's it. I have to hold on to it. Otherwise, what the hell am I doing? But because I, <laughs> I just I just I honestly I'm I'm trying to figure my way out throughout this like fucking quagmire of just depressing news cycles uh and that's another thing i want to say please tune out of these you know you're in a, you're in a place out of commercial news cycles. you're in a country you, where, where the media is powerful crazy. but I, no mm, the media really is bad. all powerful because the media and the state move together 
I feel like I feel like the US has this this fantasy of itself that it's like has this free and independent media, <laughs> but but it's like like all, all the media is tied. Yeah, to, that's why I only watch to and read some, yeah. to, to I, some political side. You know, I only watch and read Fox, and um, that's the only true source <laughs> of um, Fox of Fox Fox you Fox, Fox you. <laughs> hey, bro. So we, we should okay. talk the next time when Andrik is here again. We should definitely talk about that. Um, uh, what's that text that you shared that you asked us to read actually today? That was interesting. Yeah, the the, the Kombahi River Collector State. Definitely. We should definitely chat about that. Yeah. Because um, that was actually a really interesting read. And we also said we would talk about, we would read Bell Hooks' Feminism is for Everybody, but we can't I pause know. We should read. I think it's important to get back into that stuff. Yeah, we also said there's lots of stuff in the news cycle now about men doing things. So we should definitely (laughs) men doing things the best way. Well, men Men doing the things they do. Yeah, I, I would I would then suggest we we start with Kombahi's statement, the Kombahi yes. River yep. Collective statement, and maybe do like the intro for the for the bell hooks, uh, um, it, alongside that next week, and and just you know have a chat about it, see where we see where we are at. I'm more than uh, for that. May, I I feel like we can we can. Because the Kombahi statement is available online on multiple in multiple places, you can download it from Yale. There's a online version uh, and so on. Bell hooks uh, is it? What is it? Feminism is for everybody. Yes, or, feminism for everybody. Um, is you know I'm not gonna say <laughs> that you can pirate it somewhere, but the internet is wide and okay. Uh, so, so I, I don't know if, if maybe we can like publish just this clip, put it out like today or tomorrow still, and then maybe if people want to read along with us, they, and, and, and when we have our discussion next week and stuff like that, uh, we, yeah. um, but I see, I think I, you're right, Aiden, I think it's important that we get back into, uh, black feminisms, um, and like transnational black feminisms especially because uh yeah we are living in a time where we are we are predator you know we are predatory and we are we are problems when i say we i mean men yeah. i think and and I not we, what to we, say we not to all, sorry. <laughs> I will fucking but 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 yeah, it's, 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 it's we are we whether 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 actively whether um by consent or not or silences consent um it's all these things it's all these structures that are just open there for us to use yeah. and not use and not speak against them. Yeah. But um. But uh. We need to live yeah. it. Okay. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, we're going to rac- wrap up that ep- uh, this episode now um, for Jillian Custard. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Please um, like, subscribe, follow wherever you can on social media. Um, our handles are JXC 
podcast um, on Twitter, on Instagram, and on YouTube. It's Jelly and Custard. So please follow, like, and subscribe. And leave a comment if you have any ideas on what you'd like us to talk about in the next episodes that come. And yeah, thank you for listening. Um, see you guys next time.